Welcome to the first ever Shape the Culture sermon. Uh, this is a new journey for me. I'm excited for everybody listening that tunes in. I'm excited to go through this journey with y'all. Um, we're going to have some real good time with this as I deliver these sermons to you guys. I want you guys to be able to ask questions and I'm going to submit my answers through these. I'm going to have some people call in. We're going to have some conversations, some discussions. Our first sermon is called Strategic Faith. That's going to be our first series. This first part of the series is called Builders Build. Um, this week, we're going to get into how we can combine strategy with our faith. Faith is the concept of believing in the things that we cannot see. Uh, when it comes to our faith, I know that we start to believe that it's all about relying solely on God. God will take care of everything. Our hope is that we don't have to do anything just by believing. God will take care of it all. What I want us to start considering is how faith, in essence, is more of an action than anything. While faith is the belief in things that we cannot see, this belief has to motivate us to action. The concept of faith requires us to believe that God moves when we move. While God is able to take care of all of our needs, he could handle everything without our help and our assistance. The spirit of God that lives inside of us becomes smarter, stronger, and better as we do. So as we become smarter, stronger, and better, we start to see God move stronger, smarter, and be better for us. Our reading this week is going to come from the book of Luke, chapter 5. We are going to go from verses 17 through 26. The story that we're going to cover is one that you can find also in the books of Matthew and Mark. Um, it's the famous story of Jesus healing the paralyzed man on the stretcher. Um, what I really want us to consider, what we're going to look at, after, after the reading is how God considers strategy, planning, innovation, and forethought. How all those things are very important and special to God. Um, so like I said, we're going to start in the book of Luke. We're going to go to chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day, Jesus was teaching. And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judah and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I want you to take a moment to think. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that you couldn't handle by yourself? How many of us are able to admit that there have been times where we needed help? We've been down and out, exhausted all of our own our own efforts and left in a position where we must ask for help. This is where the paralyzed man found himself. 
He can't walk. He can't work. Life is passing him by. He seems to be out for the count. But what he does have is his friends. He had a few good men that hadn't left his side. He had people willing to pick him up, place him on a stretcher, and take him to where he needed to be. And so these men hear about Jesus. Jesus is in the city and he's anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. As he's fulfilling his calling by teaching and preaching to the people, God has stored the power to heal inside of him. This is important for us to note because this was a moment, a moment that had to be taken advantage of. The men with their paralyzed friend found themselves in front of an opportunity that they couldn't afford to miss. The crowds are thick. People are pushing and fighting to get to Jesus. How can they possibly get a man paralyzed on a stretcher through the crowd of people looking to touch Jesus? This brings us to our, to our first point. You need to gather your resources. These men had to do just that. They had to gather their resources. They had to prepare themselves for the moment. They had to be equipped with the tools and materials to complete their mission. Let's think about this. These men are traveling on foot. They don't have time to waste. They don't know how long Jesus will be in town. They don't know when he will stop healing people. Time is of the essence. Preparation is essential. For their efforts to pay off, they had to come ready. They didn't have time to get ready. When we read, we learn that their plan was a success because they opened up a hole in the roof. But for them to be able to get to the roof, make a hole, and lower their friends down, they had to have had their tools and materials already handy. This is important because this means they had to plan. They had to have the forethought to know that they might need a few options. It wasn't just going to be as easy as walking through the door and immediately being face-to-face with Jesus, telling him what's up. They had to take the time to plan out the details, brainstorm, be creative, and create a strategy. We can learn from these men in everything we do. Yes, we need to have faith. We need to believe in the things that we cannot see. But the more we prepare ourselves, the more we consider the possibilities how we can accomplish our goals, the stronger our faith grows. Plan A for these men was to walk in the house, talk to Jesus, have Jesus heal their friend, and be out. Everything would have been quick, simple, and would have required no effort. This is always plan A. We always want things to be easy, work in our favor. Our hopes are that when we attempt to accomplish something, that God will make the way. We won't have to work. We won't have to fight for it. Our faith, our belief should be enough to move the mountain we're trying to surmount. But then we read that's not how it happened. We read that they tried, but they cannot find a way inside the house. And we have to think of how many times they tried. How many different points of entry did they attempt before realizing that they had to figure something else out? They couldn't just move through the crowd. They couldn't do it like everybody else was trying to do it. The second point is that you have to try and not be afraid to try again. A plan B is valid. Having a plan B doesn't mean that you've given up, didn't try hard enough, or you're looking for a way out. As long as you stay focused on the mission, you're allowed to have as many plans as you want. When these men realized that going through the door and through the crowd wasn't going to work, they had to try something else. They, they could have given up. They could have looked at their friend, shook their head and said, sorry, buddy, but it's slow for you. But these are prepared men. Remember, these are creative men, men that understood that with the strategy mixed with faith, they couldn't accomplish the impossible. So they tried something that many wouldn't have considered possible. They did the impossible. 
They created a way to climb up to the roof of the house, bring their paralyzed friend up to the roof, make a hole in the roof, then lower their paralyzed friend down to be in front of Jesus. You have to be willing to do what others won't. You have to be willing to go against all the odds and take your own path. This is what faith pushes us to do. Friend, your sins are forgiven. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. All these things Jesus is saying to these people, these lessons that he's giving, means that God is willing, able, and ready to turn you around and put you back on the right path. God doesn't hold a grudge for the mistakes that you make. God doesn't hold failure against you. To sin is to miss the mark. But God is always prepared to correct our aim. This means that you can keep trying. Failure and mistakes do not count you out. Now let's think about how this man found himself in a position to have his sins forgiven. He was with his friends and they put in effort. We see no dialogue between these men, no record of their conversations. We have no idea who came up with the plans, who made the correct suggestions, who made bad suggestions, or even who put in the most effort. But what we do see, what we do know, is that a group of friends came together to plan and to innovate. And with this, through this, they found themselves directly in front of Jesus. What does this let me know? This lets me know that God appreciates effort. These four friends were committed to making sure that they put their best foot forward and left with their paralyzed friend healed. My third and final point is get up and walk. You have the spirit of God living inside of you. You have it in you to get up and start walking. You have it in you to be creative and come up with strategies to live out your purpose and be who you are called to be. Yes, faith is essential. Yes, but you can have faith and still be strategic. Builders build. People who want success, happiness, and peace come up with plans to accomplish their goals. You don't have to sit and wait on God to make a way. You can work with God and walk out your way with each and every step that you make. The failures are going to be lessons. The mistakes you make are going to matter. Everything ties into your effort and shows God how much you care about being who God created you to be. Here's the miracle of that whole story. The man laying on the stretcher, the paralyzed man, his sins were forgiven. Somehow he missed the mark. Somehow he had a tragic happening, a tra tragic accident in life that left him paralyzed where he couldn't walk, he couldn't work. He was left at the mercy of the people around him. But Jesus called him friend, then said his sins are forgiven, then told him to get up and walk. He had a chance to reset his aim, to get up and try and try again. And the spirit of God living inside of you allows you to do the same thing. You can get up and walk. You can plan. You can innovate. You can create. You can also believe in the biggest dreams of your life. You can chase your purpose and be everything that you want to be. But you can have strategic faith too. And you can go out there and you can walk with the spirit of God that lives in you. Thank you for listening to the first Shape the Culture sermon. Uh, this was our first start of our series, Strategic Faith. The message today was Builders Build. If you're listening to this, you've made it to the end, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope it helped. I hope you found something that connected to you. Uh, make sure you subscribe um, to keep up with the following episodes. We're going to keep going next week with our Strategic Faith series. Um, you can also check out the 
devotional on the website, shapetheculture.org. Make sure you subscribe to that too. I'm sending out a message every Monday, provide you some motivation and get you through the weeks and months ahead. Love you guys. Thank you. Talk to you next week.